On October 4th, UCI is publicly launching its $2 billion fundraising and alumni engagement effort, Brilliant Future, the campaign for UCI. It's the largest philanthropic effort in Orange County history, and it will be the catalyst for the next great growth phase in the 55-year history of our university. The ambitious campaign aims to fund promising scientific research, provide more scholarships for deserving students, advance healthcare, and back deeper explorations into our shared human experience. It's also a way for the campus to strongly engage with our community and with the thousands and thousands of people who proudly call themselves Anteater alumni. Brilliant future indeed. I'm Tom Vasich, and this is the UCI Podcast. To help lead this unprecedented fundraising effort, UCI brought in Karen Isbell as the campaign director in 2017. To call her uniquely qualified is an understatement. At the University of Michigan, she coordinated its successful $5 billion campaign, during a recession, no less. Well, Karen, thank you for joining us on the UCI podcast. Uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about is how did you become involved with the UCI campaign? Well, it was interesting. I, I worked for 11 years at the University of Michigan, and while I was there, I worked on two different campaigns. Um, they, in fact, just finished their sixth comprehensive campaign, which raised more than uh, $5 billion. So there was a lot of experience um, that I think I was at a point in my career where I felt I could bring that experience to an institution like UCI that was looking to launch its second campaign. Um, during that work, while I was at the University of Michigan, I really fell in love with the project management aspect of, of planning and leading a campaign uh, at this level. And the opportunity to join UCI and spearhead this effort was really too good to pass up. And of course, the Southern California weather was a great benefit as well. Well, what, what did you learn at Michigan that is that benefits you for leading the Brilliant Future campaign here at UCI? I think the biggest things that I were, was able to bring here to UCI were um, understanding how to plan a campaign of this scale in a large, complex organization. Uh, uh, the two institutions are similar in that, where you have multiple schools, each dean leading their own effort and really trying to coordinate all of that activity with university leadership, with our volunteers, and come up with um, a cohesive whole, which is what we've been working on the last few years. Well, how did the vision for the campaign, which is called uh, Brilliant Future, the campaign for UCI, mm -hmm. How did the vision for it come about? You've been here for two years now. Almost, yes. And I, I've seen the evolution of the campaign really move to a very uh, concise uh, vision. And how, how did that develop? You know, a lot of work had been done before I arrived. And so um, the first of which was the um, strategic plan 
UCI strategic plan, which Chancellor Gilman spearheaded early in his tenure as chancellor of the campus, uh, really sort of set the stage. And in fact, when I was considering the position, uh, the reading of the strategic plan was one of the things that excited me because there was so much happening in such a grand vision for the campus uh, that I could see how it would easily translate to a campaign uh, and being able to create a very set of focused uh, priorities for a campaign. And of course, the name of the strategic plan is Bright Past, Brilliant Future. And even though we did lots of market testing and all of that, what we landed on for the name of the campaign was Brilliant Future because it, it's, after all of the research, it still felt right. Four pillars were uh, have been developed <laughs> as the fundraising themes for uh, Brilliant Future. Could you tell me a bit about each of the pillars? The pillars were really designed to make sure that every part of campus when we went public with the campaign would feel that they could see themselves in one of the pillars. So through a number of planning processes that the deans were asked to do, the directors of various centers and institutes, um, as they were thinking about their priorities for their individual and unique schools, one of the things that I was listening for were where were the connections between those and how could we roll those up under a set of organizing principles that any donor who's coming into the university uh, and thinking about the campaign would be able to say, well, what are the university's top priorities? So we've got a million and one fantastic projects and ideas here on campus, but you can't present that to a prospective donor. You've got to be able to give them a high level uh, set of pillars or priorities to start with and then invite them in to drill down more. So the pillars, uh, which are focused on transforming healthcare and research, advancing the American dream, uh, uh, advancing world-changing research or accelerating it, uh, and exploring the human experience were really, really all bubbled up from the many priorities that had existed in each school uh, and unit across campus. Fundraising is a constant at a university. Uh, that's the reality here now, yes. is that fundraising is as important part of generating income to the university as any other part. Yes. Uh, then if it's always a, then why have a campaign at all? What is the purpose of a campaign that really raises the profile of the fundraising uh, effort? That's a great question, and we get asked that a lot. And probably the simplest answer is that campaigns take that day-to-day, year-to-year fundraising that we do and is necessary to support an institution such as this, and we wrap it up in a very exciting package. Uh, planning for a campaign uh, requires campus leaders to develop a longer-term view and vision for our donors of where the institution is headed. It creates focus for their activities and their priorities in a way that is not uh, necessarily how we do it on an annual basis. And once we have those focused priorities, a clear goal, and an end date, what a campaign does is create urgency. Uh, it creates public awareness and it helps donors focus and then ultimately hopefully act on their own philanthropic priorities. What's really interested me about uh, about the Brilliant Future campaign is the emphasis on engaging with alumni. Yes. Um, five years ago, UCI reached its 50-year its, uh, mark, and 
the message that that we got from from that anniversary was that we're going to look into the future. Yes. Um, that we have grown up, and our alumni have grown up with us, and now we have two hundred thousand alumni. Yes. <laughs> Most of them live within the area, and the importance of engaging with our alumni has is paramount to the success, future success of the university. So how is the alumni engagement enveloped into the campaign theme? That is a great question, and I think UCI, in fact, is fairly unique uh, amongst higher ed institutions who are launching campaigns right now in that we have a dedicated goal focused on alumni engagement alongside our philanthropic fundraising goals. Um, one of the things that I think also became apparent uh, during that 50th anniversary was that UCI, like many of uh, large public institutions, uh, have not necessarily done the greatest job of uh, creating that welcome home feeling that you want for your alums, establishing lifelong relationships. Uh, deans, fundraisers, we come and go. You want your alums to have a lifelong uh, connection to the institution, but you have to foster that and you have to give them a reason uh, to want to come back, to want to see what's happening on campus now, to see how it's changed in the 50 plus years since perhaps they were last on campus. And I think UCI was also per perhaps slightly challenged in that uh, in its earlier years, many of our students didn't live on campus, so they didn't necessarily have that sort of on-campus, living in a dorm feel. Some did, but many did not. Uh, and so how do you create that sense of community, of family, of tradition uh, with a population of alums who perhaps didn't have that experience. So how do you get them excited? And we realized we were going to have to do dedicated work uh, that was not focused on fundraising, but just in getting those folks re-engaged with campus, getting them excited about what's happening here now, getting them to come back and mentor students or attend events here on campus or in the various regions where we sort of take our show on the road. Um, and ultimately, if we create that population of engaged alumni, maybe in this campaign or maybe not until the next one, but we will also have then uh, a ready pool of prospective uh, philanthropists who are ready to give back to their institution. Earlier this year, you and I stood next to each other and we watched the UCI men's basketball team win their very first NCAA college basketball yes. tournament game. People were jumping and hugging. There were tears. What did you learn about UCI at that moment? Because that was something that's never happened before and it, it unleashed a pride in the university that I've never seen before. That was absolutely amazing and I still talk about it to this day even when I'm talking to various alums or some of our community members who are not alums who are very uh, connected to the institution but um, they don't necessarily feel that same sense of school pride and spirit that an alum would. Uh, I think what I saw and I think many including our university leadership saw during the tournament was that there is this sort of um, bubbling pride in UCI or an opportunity to leverage that and to get our campus uh, and our alumni scattered around the globe excited. I, I couldn't stay off of social media during, uh, during the tournament just to see what people were posting and there were people up and down the West Coast certainly, but there were people in Boston and people in Chicago 
Uh, there was one lonely person in France who woke up at 3 a.m. to watch the game, and they said, I'm sitting here in France watching the basketball game, and I'm so proud of UCI and my school. And I think just understanding that um, there's this opportunity for what our, our former uh, chair of the alumni uh, board has said um, is an opportunity for an anteater awakening. Uh, I think that was the first glimpse of that. Um, I remember reading a story of a, a guy who was out jogging in a UCI t-shirt in LA where nobody's ever talking about UCI and people were uh, yelling at him down the street like, hey, go UCI, go Anteaters. And he was stunned and thrilled. And we want to create more opportunities like that. I was talking with uh, Jimmy and Sheila Peterson, who mm -hmm. are our uh, yeah. campaign chairs. And Jimmy was telling me that whenever he's in public and he sees someone wearing a UCI shirt or a hat, he goes up to them and greets them and mm. thanks them for wearing UCI, the That's UCI fantastic. gear. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, what kind of, I guess, what kind of energy does it take to drive uh, people to become so involved with the with the with the UCI and the campaign that it's that that will raise awareness and support for the university? I think there are so many ways that people are connected to UCI. Certainly we have our significant alumni population, but a lot of the early supporters and advocates for this institution were members of the community who adopted us. They went to other universities, but they either because of their role as civic leaders and, and sort of watching the university grow up alongside the city of Irvine uh, going back many decades and feeling an ownership uh, for having their hometown, their Orange County uh, University um, uh, be successful. Uh, there are folks who come through the health system. So UCI Health, of course, has uh, hundreds of thousands of patients every year and we were saving lives. Some of those folks have never stepped foot perhaps on our campus here in Irvine um, until maybe something like the anti-cancer challenge walk that um, was just uh, in Aldridge Park earlier this year. As I was walking around um, doing the, uh, the 10k uh, walk, I didn't run it, <laughs> but I saw families uh, families with strollers walking, doing the 5K, and going, wow, what a beautiful campus. They'd never been here before. But UCI Health and that uh, effort brought folks to campus for the first time. So I think there are a lot of different ways that people, once they get here and see what's happening here, they're always amazed. And that's what I think is a great opportunity that we have to raise awareness in the community about the amazing things happening here at UCI, be it what we're doing with our students, what we're doing in healthcare, uh, what we're doing in research, um, or what we're doing in the arts. Of course, lots of people come in and out and they come to events at the Barclay or at Claire Trevor, and, um, and then they leave, but they don't realize all the depth that is here. For the better part of two years, you've helped mobilize a small army of people on <laughs> campus focused on the October 4th launch date. Yes. The public launch of the Brilliant Future campaign. Now that October 4th has been, that day has come. Yes. What's next? What do you do next? Now we get down to the really hard work of raising $2 billion and working to engage at least 75,000 of our alumni. Uh, I, hope th I hope that number will be much, much bigger. Um, and so without all of the, I guess, pomp and circumstance of the events themselves where we celebrate and get everyone excited, now we get, it's a little bit getting back to the day-to-day -day 
year-to-year fundraising. I think one of the biggest things I learned having worked on two multi-billion dollar campaigns at, while I was at Michigan is no, how, no matter how big the goal, uh, we still have to get there one donor at a time, one gift at a time. Um, and so now uh, we all have to hunker down and, and do the work. What, if people want to get involved with Brilliant Future, uh, what should they do? Probably the best place to start would be to visit uh, the campaign's website, which is brilliantfuture.uci.edu. They can see lots of stories. They can read more about the pillars and the priorities. And then they can dive into any part of the university, any school, any program, and understand what is specific to those areas and what they're going to be trying to do over the next several years of the campaign. Uh, And knowing that they can give to whatever part of the institution drives their passion. Thanks for joining us, Karen. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks for having me. The UCI Podcast is a production of Strategic Communications and Public Affairs. I'm your host, Tom Vasich. Thanks for listening.